And now, B1039 presents Big Rapids Buzz with Bruce Borkovich and Chris Long. Brought to you by The Pet Boutique on South 3rd Avenue in Big Rapids. Paris Creek Jewelry in Paris. Purely Clean Services in Big Rapids. Barrington Firearms and Training Center in Barrington. 911 Restoration serving all of West Michigan. Gilbert's Carpets plus Color Tile in South Big Rapids as well as Benton Baker of Big Rapids and Big Rapids Realty, Susan Bean in Big Rapids. Along with support from the community. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily those of Up North Radio, its staff, management, or sponsors. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Big Rapids. This is the Big Rapids Buzz. I'm Bruce Borkovich. My partner, Chris, will be here later in the show. Um, Chris works a full-time job. He's a busy guy, and uh, so there'll be different times where he's here and he's not here. But uh, you are listening to WBZX Big Rapids on B1039. And uh, again, I'm Bruce Borkovich, one of the co-hosts. I want to wish Chris a slightly belated 30th birthday. Chris, I want to remind you that I have blue jeans older than 30. I have many, many scars older than 30. I just can't believe uh, you're 30 and I'm over 30. Um, But anyhow, happy birthday. I would have been that a little party they had for Chris, but I was up north in Presqu'ile stoning the fireplace uh, of my sister's brother-in-law's new house that they're building. Unfortunately, I have a a few skills like that, which really demonstrate how old I am because that night I had four different cramps in my hamstrings. And uh, I'm just a mess, physical mess. But uh, anyhow, Chris, uh, happy birthday. Sounds like you had a good time. Uh, We're going to just shotgun uh, several topics uh, today. First of all, I just want, I don't know that I've ever officially said, thank you, Pat Curry. Thank you for your friendship. I first met Pat When I was interviewing for the police chief's job, I stopped into his station, and I was in a suit and tie, and he looked at me, and in typical Pat fashion, he walked up and said, who are you? Which didn't bother me a bit. I stuck my hand out and introduced myself, told him that I was interviewing for the job, and we just clicked. We've been friends ever since. So fast forward to me getting the job in May of uh, 2013, I had... Uh, I, I told, ask Pat to keep an eye out for property that we were looking for some acreage. So Pat called me my first week of employment as the new police chief at Ferris, trying to learn where my office is and where my keys are and what I'm supposed to do. And uh, Pat calls up, what are you doing? It's a beautiful, warm May afternoon. And I'm thinking, gee whiz, I'm trying to learn my job. Got time for a quick trip? And I, I, I even then realized, you know, this is this is kind of Mr. Big Rapids, and I need to develop a relationship. So, sure. So I hop in with him. We spend three hours circling <laughs> Big Rapids. Well, this is where old man Smith was. He's not here anymore, but his grandpa and, and on and on and, uh, you know, learning everything. And then he, I noticed his circles are getting smaller and smaller. And he says, well, you want to go see the farm you're going to buy? And I'm thinking, I'm mentally rolling my eye. Sure. And we pull in off the main road, and there's a farm lane. And when you first pull into my farm, it doesn't look like much. It's just scrubby, you know, and there's a farm lane. And I'm, again, mentally rolling my eyes, saying I just need to get through this and get back to work. And we get about 100 yards up that farm lane, and this view opens up. And it's like like you're out west somewhere, this vista. And there's a pond, and it just took my breath away. And I realized this is it. And later that afternoon, grabbed, what's her name? My wife. I know her name. Um, and uh, good morning, Vicki. I love you. Um, and uh, same thing, I think, probably uh, when she pulled in, she's thinking, oh, what is he getting us into this time? And then the view hits. As a matter of fact, we had our wedding anniversary on August 20th. We found a spot on the knoll where we we're going to um, build and we even kind of dressed up a little bit. She had wine and cheese, and we had some Kentucky Fried Chicken. We put a blanket down, and we sat there till it was dark, uh, realizing made an offer in the property, uh, and and we own it, love it. But again, Pat, 
can never thank you enough for your friendship, um, your support. He's my biggest fan. I'll tell you, when I was police chief there, you go into Curry's and start bad-mouthing me as the police chief or something, you might might get a fist down your throat. I don't know. Pat's a, a, a very loyal friend and a, and a great guy. So that's my how I met Pat story. And uh, as I'm stoning the fireplace, I, re, I am again reminded like a thousand times before what an amazing wife I have because she, although she has no formal education, she has this incredible gift on design. She could have been an amazing like interior decorator. It's just a gift. She sees things that other people just don't see it. So she's sitting back in the chair like a queen, and I'm laying stone. And and she, and unlike some couples where the wife suggests something and the husband's, you know, I'm all ears. And she had so many great ideas on what I was doing, what I was doing wrong, what I needed to try. Came a cool design. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. She could, I think, she has a career of sitting in a chair with a glass of wine, watching people build, decorate, paint, whatever. As a consultant, she's amazing. But. Uh, um, how about some politics? Jen, is there anything wrong with us discussing politics, do you think? No, I think uh, you bring your opinion to the, <laughs> to the program. That's your job, right? I remember when you <laughs> approached me a couple years ago and I said, uh, you want to do something? We could call it Bruce's Soapbox. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get on my soapbox. But immigration obviously is huge right now for everyone. And uh, six million people under this current administration have come across that border. But I don't think a lot of people drill down to just ask, what are the theories on why? Is it, is it just that no one's paying attention to it? I don't think so. What we do know statistically is people are leaving big cities in mass numbers. Whether you want to call them conservatives or older people, whatever you want to call them, they're they're getting fed up with what's going on in big cities, crime and and and, and uh, inflation and everything. So they're leaving, and I just wonder if the if the deep strategy is repopulation for purposes of census, because we do know that um, congressional seats, federal funding, they're all based on census. So if you're losing thousands of people from cities where you're potentially losing a lot of federal funding and congressional seats. Um, how do you fix that? Well, one fa- way to fix that is make sanctuary cities and bring in hundreds of thousands of immigrants because they will be you know, counted. Uh, because there's something I, I always like to drill down and say, why is this happening? Not that it's just happening, uh, but why is it happening? I don't know. Have you what do you think? I mean, that, that has to be because it, it, California has lost what hundreds of thousands. Absolutely, of people? New York City, uh, Chicago. So if they don't have the people to pay the tax base, they don't have the people to vote. They don't absolutely. have the people to support the areas. What do they do? Absolutely, and and those many things are based on that census count. And uh, so you know, another theory as well. Um, you know, the, the, the Democrats are doing this because all of those people will vote Democratic someday. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I think uh, there's some interesting numbers out there that the Hispanic vote is turning more conservative. It, it, actually, it is in Florida, actually. It, yes, yes. And, and I used to live there, so I can tell you that, that, that they just want the same advantages of a, a business owner because they know maybe one day they could own a business. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, you know, this. some people are going to say, well, this, this sounds racist or you're stereotyping. But I'll be honest with you, I've worked around and been around many, many uh, uh, Hispanic people um, that are immigrants, and they work their tails off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are very family-oriented. Oriented. They work very, very hard. They're willing to do a lot of jobs that some of us aren't willing to do. So, um, But, you know... That's a theory. Am I right or wrong? I don't know. But I, I think, you know, repopulation of areas that are losing population, those big, those giant urban areas where congressional seats in particular and federal funding is based on numbers might be uh, might be viable. That's a good theory, Bruce. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. You know, it's just a theory. I'm uh, not a politician, but uh, it's, it's just a it's just a theory. And it is a trigger point right now for people. It is uh Really well, what about big. all the people who came across into our country legally? Absolutely. They spent the money. They got the... Uh, you have to get an attorney. Yes. 
You have to file. You have to paperwork. study. You have to study to pass you have to a take test. Test. <clears throat> you have to do all this stuff to become a citizen legally. And I know someone who did it. And you know they're sitting back going, "Well, I could have done that." Yes. Yeah. I think you're right. A lot of them are slighted. Because all of my grandparents are immigrants. So people of well, you're you're a conservative. You're anti-immigrant. Yeah, but my that so close that we spoke. I could speak part of that language growing up. That's how, how uh, close we are. And they came over and they did it legally. And uh, they I've never been around more patriotic people in my life than my grandparents. It was almost annoying as a kid because especially my. Uh, paternal grandmother. We never had a conversation without telling uh, her, telling us how, how what a great country this is. Where, and how where did they come from? Uh, Yugoslavia. They're Serbian. So three grandparents uh, born in Serbia, and then uh, uh, my mom's dad was uh, born and raised in Scotland, and he came over uh, when he was about twenty. Um, did they tell so, you why they came over? Oh, absolutely. My grandmother lived in a cave, so. This this is really deep, and I, I'll try not to go deep, too deep into it. But the Serbs, of course, they were allies, you know, in, in World War II, and the Serbs um, were at a, a terrible odds, terrible conflict with the other factions in Yugoslavia who sided with the Nazis, and the atrocities uh, uh, that that were uh, 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 performed by I think that it was the, the technical term. Uh, Identifier was the Estasi. That was the uh, faction of the Nazi party that were made up of Yugoslavs who were siding with the Nazis. Terrible, terrible atrocities, things we can't imagine. One gal wrote a book, and she was uh, like four, five, six years old in a little elementary school classroom. This is going to gross some people out, so cover your eyes right now if, uh, if uh, this is going to bother you. But uh, uh, these Nazi sympathizers came into that uh, elementary preschool classroom um, raped the teacher, the female teacher, murdered her took her entrails out and circled the kids with her entrails and this lady, a uh, little kid was in there later wrote a book about it really? and so, so terrible atrocity so my grandmother, uh, very very intelligent, uh, but talked about when she was six years old, they were run out of their village they lived in a cave um, so uh, they, they came over because of the terrible oppression, but you just never, uh, you know, met more patriotic people. But there's what made America great. Think of the courage and the backbone it took to leave your home, go across that big pond and come where you don't speak the language. She used to say she remembers she was cleaning houses and she would take money, a handful of money to the grocery store and put it down on the counter and buy bread and flour and some basic. She had no idea if she was giving them way, way too much. Were they ripping her off? She didn't know. She didn't speak the language, didn't understand the denominations, and and they ended up business owners and uh, raising uh, semi-smart uh, uh, grandchildren. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they were just amazing. So I'm not anti-immigrant. No conservative that I know is anti-immigrant. We're pro-legal immigration. But because the spirit of those immigrants is what made America what it is it really is and, they, and they were special there people. was no benefits then none the ben <laughs> the benefit was opportunity that was the benefit our constitutionally guaranteed opportunity here you go if you want to work hard enough and sacrifice you can make it there's your benefit there's no freebies there's no funding there's your there's and that's no housing. all they wanted no no you you picked up a, a rag and carried your stuff and and asked somebody for a job absolutely Absolutely. And, and the, the nature of those people is what made us so great. They were strong and brave and courageous and smart. We, you know, with, with that type of immigration, you're not getting the dregs of Europe or wherever they were coming from. You tended to get uh, not rich people. You got strong, smart, talented, brave people. Yeah. So, so it was uh, pretty amazing. So uh, <clears throat> here's another story that just not many people are talking about. Did you see the story? There's a woman in Indiana who's smoking dope with her boyfriend, playing some weird sex game. He was tied up, and and she pulled out a knife, and she stabbed him at least 108 times. Now, for the listeners out there, take a little something in your hand, not a knife, a spoon, and just 
stab 108 times. Just count them out. <laughs> because I did it, even though I knew it was a lot. And it was crazy. My hands started hurting. 108 times. Killed him. And fast forward to a few weeks ago, um, she was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter, and she received parole, probation. No jail sentence. She's been out on bond the whole time. And um, the medical expert, and I'll, I'll quote this, uh, during the trial, medical expert testified that Spager's, strange last name, behavior was the result of cannabis-induced psychosis. Cannabis-induced psychosis. And uh, the judge... Um, himself was quoted as saying from that point forward, which the last puff she had on a bong, and, and really she testified to taking two hits off this bong. The last puff, she quote, she had no control of her actions. So now this is the drug that is so safe that causes so much peace and tranquility. Well, there's different levels um, of it. Well, right? that's, the, that's the big issue. Um, so, of course... Several years ago, referendum vote, the voters in Michigan, I think 62% approval rate, legalized marijuana. Well, here's a little history lesson. And let me just brag, because I'm seldom prone to bragging, but I think I need uh, to establish some credibility to remind the listeners I spent seven years on a drug team, the Bayonet State Police Drug Team. I ended up being the assistant team leader. I was, based on my training experience, I was recognized in three different court systems as an expert in the street level sale and distribution of narcotics. So am I, am I an expert? Well, there's three judges who said I was. And when we all grew up, um, marijuana was from 3 to 6% THC. They, they, it was brickweed from Mexico. The reason it was brickweed, it came off giant blocks, and it was real hard, and, and it was like chipping a piece off of a brick. 3 to 5% uh, marijuana, if you got some crazy potent stuff, maybe it was 6 or 7%. Fast forward now, uh, through hydroponics and, and uh, sensamia growing, seedless growing, cloning, we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, just plant-based marijuana, just something you put in a pipe or a uh, uh, you know, rolling paper is, you know, 25, 30, 40% uh, THC. And then the products that are being made are up to 100% THC. And so cookies, gummies, candies, uh, oils, things like that can be up to 100% THC. So comparing our knowledge base about marijuana is really based on what we knew in the 60s and 70s. And of course, now, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's been legalized, and, and now we're talking about a completely different uh, product. And although the medical community is starting to come around, um, they realize now it's addictive. The problem is, um, just like in the medical community, we still use the BMI, the body mass index, which I think was uh, the medical community came uh, up with that right after the birth of Christ. I think it's that old. <laughs> and um, I, for instance, uh, I've worked out my whole life. I'm sure no you know, specimen, but I've been obese my whole life, uh, at least since my 20s, based on the BMI, uh, because I'm a big guy and I've worked out. So if when I go into the doctor, if you look at the chart, I'm obese because that's what the body mass index You don't look at to me. So well, just so you know. I appreciate that. <laughs> and, and But I am according to BMI. Well, our definition of addiction is still based on visible withdrawal symptoms, shaking, sweating, vomiting, those sorts of things. And we know now that uh, marijuana is physically addicting and very psychologically addicting. The experts are starting to come around and realize it. But in this case, this wonderful product that is so just makes people sit around and love each other and hug each other and sing Kumbaya. Um, here is a, a young lady who took supposedly two pulls off a bong and she developed marijuana-induced psychosis. So when you're in that, because you've, you've seen it. I have. They, they just don't know what they're doing? I have never seen it uh, that develops uh, anything close to that sort of delusional violence. I've seen it where people are just bizarre. Don't you think there had to have been something leading up to that? Well, I, I, I suspect there's some pretty serious mental health issues. Okay. And, and uh, you know, right now we have an, another thing we're not talking about. We have an epidemic 
of mental health issues in our young people right now. And, 100%. And, and we're not talking about it. Uh, we're reacting. Uh, how do we uh, get them help? How do we do this, that? And that's, that's a piece of it. But I don't hear anyone talking about why is this happening, uh, trying to find why out. Why do you think why, it's happening? I, I think it's a, it's a perfect storm. I think it's a combination of uh, parenting skills. I think uh, you have a, a generation of very well-meaning, well-intentioned parents who give their kids everything. But more importantly, uh, detrimental is the fact that they hide and protect their kids from everything. Life's tough. And what we should be teaching is resilience and toughness and get a helmet. Life's tough. And instead, we protect and coddle. And so our kids uh, aren't developing those coping skills to deal with a big, mean, rough world. And uh, when they get to those points in their lives, in their teens, early 20s, whatever, and it happens, they've never seen it before, and they, they melt down. And uh, I think that's, you know, that's And part teaching of them how to lose. Absolutely. Listen, everyone gets a trophy, right? Teaching them and, and not coddling how to lose it's okay honey you got to no. lose sometimes and you know maybe even the conversation you know could it even develops to well maybe you lost because you didn't try hard enough you didn't prepare you didn't put the time in and if you want to know what it feels like to win or those be successful those are harsh words bruce they are I, i'm a harsh guy <laughs> i realize i did the math jen i'm not going to be alive that much longer i've got to get this stuff out there i can't sugarcoat everything right Gee whiz. Uh, so anyhow, this was just amazing. Uh, and, you know, from the word go, I have been an, uh, an opponent of uh, marijuana other than I fully support the medical, a, a doctor saying, um, I prescribe marijuana for this, uh, for, you know, palliative uh, Nausea, uh, relief. Absolutely. Cancer, cancer patients, pain, whatever. It belongs like any other controlled substance in the decisions of doctors. Um, so anyhow, um, so it's just, I just find this fascinating that she, um, was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter and, um, sentenced to parole, probation. Uh, we have a young, a wonderful young family man, a Grand Rapids police officer a few years ago, year and a half ago. Anyhow, uh, he was in that incident with the motorist. In a, a stolen car, improper plated car, stolen car. He got out, he ran. They had a kind of a prolonged fight. It's evident uh, and clear from the videos and testimony at the preliminary hearing that the uh, suspect was going after the taser of the officer. And the Supreme Court rules on the use of force, another area I have quite a bit of expertise, on the use of force says that an attempt to disarm a police officer or an attempt to take one of those intermediate weapons like the taser is considered uh, a risk of death or grave bodily injury to that officer, and therefore an officer may use deadly force. He did, immediately crucified in the media, Grand Rapids burned, towns all over the country burned, um, and the new police chief there very quickly fired him. Chief probably might have been smart to put him on administrative leave pending the outcome of this. They fired him at the preliminary hearing. The captain in charge of training at Grand Rapids Police Department, uh, Chris's attorneys basically got him to admit that Chris did exactly as he was trained, exactly according to policy. That appeal, I understand they're appealing the preliminary hearing case um, to see, you know, trial scheduled, but they're waiting for an answer from the um, uh, the challenge uh, at the Court of Appeals, I believe, Michigan Court of Appeals, as to whether or not he should have been bound over. So in a criminal trial, real quickly, if you get charged with a felony, uh, you get arrested, either by the officer on the spot or a prosecutor issues warrants to arrest the person. If it's a felony, then you go in front of the local district court judge, and there's a hearing that can be half an hour. It could be five days. I've had prelims that ran for days where um, the prosecution uh, presents their evidence, and a, uh, a separate fact finder, an impartial fact finder, the district court judge says, yes, there's enough to move forward to trial, or no, there's not evidence enough to move forward to trial. Eliminates a lot of frivolous charges and court cases. It's a great process. That's where they're at. The judge there affirmed 
Uh, I imagine for political reasons that there is enough to go uh, forward to trial. And what city so, was this in? Grand Rapids. This is the, yeah, wow. I, I'm, I'm struggling to remember the name of the suspect who was killed, but this was in Grand Rapids a couple of years ago. Remember the city burned and riots and it was, it was uh, pretty rough. It was uh, the officer was uh, white. The suspect was black. So there was, you know, the automatic assumption that the officer did something racially motivated. And uh, this officer, if you knew his history, he's a family man. I think he did missionary work overseas. Just a, a, a wonderful young man. So this is fascinating because I think there's a, 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 a better than average chance that he'll be acquitted. But the parallels, you know, the, how, how society attacked uh, him and how they charged him versus this, this, uh, uh, this was done, this is a heat of the moment thing. This officer didn't have the benefit of hindsight. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and after these incidents, you have uh, politicians and legal experts who can spend days, weeks, and months analyzing the decision making of that officer. When that officer had to, in a split second, decide: Is this a threat to my life, and am I going to go home see my family tonight? And uh, we we have the marine, the former marine, who was on the subway in New York. I think in New York, and crazy man's in there threatening people just and and he put him in a chokehold and he ended up dying many people witnesses testified how scared they were of this guy and, and everything and he's charged with murder and it's just it's a crazy uh testimony to where we're at right now in society that that this young woman 108 times man i hope the listeners can hear me pounding here jen am i ruining any of the yeah, equipment you're, you're ruining yeah the equipment. yep uh 108 times killing her boyfriend and then uh she is I, I won't say she's acquitted because she was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter uh, not first degree murder second degree murder manslaughter but involuntary manslaughter and she's sentenced this judge uh sentenced her to to that and and we rely so much on uh, judges, but remember what we learned in political science class, folks. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And no one has more power than a judge. So, so we need to vote <clears throat> them in properly absolutely. And, vet, and vet them. Pay attention, folks, at election time to who you're voting for, their record. Do a little research. They're so important. They have such an impact on our society. Uh, uh, pay attention. You know, I'll go back to, to, to Chris, the birthday boy, real quick. You know, Chris is only 30, but man, he is chest deep in the political process. He cares. I don't care if you like him or not. That That's up to you 100%. But you cannot argue that Chris is involved. He cares. He cares about his community. And um, and he, you know, uh, he's involved. And how many other 30-year-olds are that involved? And they, they need to be involved. So um, <clears throat> we are going to give you a break of listening to my machine gun staccato diatribe here and uh <laughs> we are going to continue the conversation i just have a couple more things i have a story to tell okay and then what we're going to do is transition over to chris interviewing john molinar congressman john molinar which is was awesome he's a, a great guy uh, so we'll do that uh after the break, you are listening to WBZX Big Rapids on B1039. us, but the folks at your local Benton Baker Big Rapids dealerships want to put 2023 behind them as well. And that means below invoice pricing on all 23s left in stock. Now's the time to get the best deal on your brand new vehicle, but hurry in, they won't last long. But if you're looking to bring in the new year in style, nothing makes a statement like a 2024 Chevy Silverado 4x4 Crew Cab. Lease one now for just $4.98 a month with just $4,200 due at start. 10,000 miles per year with 36 months lease loyalty with an MSRP of $52,445. And all other Stock number C24138. 
or lease a brand new 2023 Buick Envision preferred all-wheel drive with an MSRP of $39,940. Just $399 a month with $4,300 due at start. Again, 10,000 miles per year and a 36-month lease with all qualified rebates. Stock number B23295. Your best deals happen now at your local Benton Baker Big Rapids dealerships. Benton Baker Chevy Buick GMC and across Northland Drive at Benton Baker Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Benton Baker, soon to be Baker Auto Group. Paris Creek Jewelry. Jewelry for free-spirited individuals seeking beauty, not perfection, on their journey through life. It's time to take your gift giving to the next level and talk to Corey Rebo about your custom order for any special occasion. Even a Michigan governor bought earrings from Paris Creek Jewelry. Corey can take your ideas and turn them into handmade, one-of-a-kind pieces that makes your loved one feel beautiful and unique. Find Paris Creek Jewelry on Facebook, Instagram, and online at pariscreekjewelry.com. I'm Haley. Uh, My husband and I bought our home pretty much about two years ago. We are actually looking to downsize now. We had only used one realtor in years past, and we felt we wanted to use someone local rather than who we went with last time, just because they have a little bit more experience in our local market. We used Sue Bean. Sue Bean is professional because she always makes sure to have her clients courtesy in the back of her mind. She always makes sure that you know you have at least 24 hours notice for a showing request. She makes sure that you know you are well aware of who these people are, where they're coming from, what their interest level is, so you know you're not wasting your time. I think a big thing for ours was they had to have pre-approval. So that was great because we are a busy family. We're home a lot. So having that specific courtesy to give us the heads up in advance was really beneficial in our case. You can get a hold of Susan Bean at Big Rapids Realty by calling 231-580-9546 or online at BigRapidsRealty.com. Email her at sbean, S-B-E-A-N, at BigRapidsRealty.com. Are you concerned about safety of you and your family? Are you wondering, what can you do about it? The Barrington Firearms Training Center wants you to get armed and get trained this February, February 24th and 25th. They have all-inclusive CPL courses, which include the use of a handgun, ammunition, ear and eye protection, refreshments, and lunch. Everything you need for the course. These one-day state-certified courses are for everyone, from the beginner with no firearm knowledge to the advanced shooter with years of experience. To sign up, contact Casey at 231-250-7257 or go online at michigancpltraining.com to check out the upcoming CP course schedule. Get armed, get trained at the Barrington Firearms Training Center. If and fighter with a glass presents Big Rapids Buzz with Bruce Borkovich and Chris Law. Brought to you by the Pet Boutique on South Third Avenue in Big Rapids. I did the intro. Paris again. Creek Jewelry <laughs> okay. in Paris. Yeah. Purely clean services in Big you know Rapids. Barrington Firearms and Training Center in Barrington. 911 Restoration serving all of West Michigan. Gilbert's Carpets plus Color Tile in South Big Rapids as well as Benton Baker Big Rapids and Big Rapids Realty Susan Bean in Big Rapids. Along with support from the community. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily those of Up North Radio, its staff, management, or sponsors. That disclaimer was for you, Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. All I can say, Jen, is hold on. I'm coming. Okay. Hold on. This is Bruce Borkovich. Welcome back to the BR Buzz. Some pretty heavy conversation uh, um, in the last half hour. We're going to lighten it up with a real quick story, and then we're going to go over to my partner Chris's uh, interview with John Molinar. And uh, so, real quick, Brother John and Brother Mike, both of us were conservation officers. Uh, Your for, brother, but my Your both brother. brothers, okay. yes, both three three of us at the same time. First time in the history of the United States. Uh, we know of that there have been three brothers in in that profession at the same time. John was an amazing officer. He also wrote a book, if you like to read, 
Wildlife 911. Just Google it. It's, a, it's an amazing book with some amazing stories. Real quick story. John is out patrolling springtime near the state game area down near Port Huron. Gets a complaint. There's a person out picking mushrooms in a state game area. There's also some little private pieces of land in there. And he's getting closer. He kind of sees the house. And suddenly he hears a gunshot. And he looks over. Sounds like a 22, and he looks over, and there's a, a big bird, a, a great blue heron, flopping on the ground. And there's a guy standing there. They're federally and state protected. They're a migratory bird. It's a big deal. So he calls dispatch. Dispatch sends my brother out, and my brother heads all the way out there, and he gets to this nice little neatly manicured house in the middle of nowhere. And... Uh, Gets up there, my brother's a big physical guy, sharp looking, got his hat on all officially, knocks on the door, and this uh, 84-year-old man comes to the door. And John, as he's going right there in front of the house, probably a 20-foot by 40-foot beautiful little pond, clear, beautiful water, and it's got uh, fish in it, the giant sea. It's a little trout pond. And and it's just, it looks like the guy must be out clipping with, with hand shears. You know, it's just perfect. Comes to the door and John introduces himself and he says, well, sir, um, the reason I'm here is that we had a complaint that uh, you shot a great blue heron. And the old man shakes his head and he says, that wasn't a heron. He says, that was a Jimmy Hoffa bird. <laughs> and my brother says, oh, pardon me. And the old man says, they ain't going to find Jimmy Hoffa and you ain't going to find that bird. And John just lets that process for a minute and looks at this guy and realizes this trout pond, this is his pride and joy. And those birds will come out and clear out a trout pond. They're incredible, incredible anglers. And, and John fixes a hat on his head. Thank you, sir. Have a nice day. Now, I guarantee you John was a good enough cop to have solved that, found evidence and found out where the old man put the bird. John made a very wise decision. Two years later... Um, John is in the area. He thought, I'm going to just go check on that old guy. 84 years old, living there all alone, and his family is there cleaning out his house. He had died. Oh. And his daughter, who was probably uh, in her mid-50s, came up and said, oh, my gosh, are you the officer who came out there? You know, and he says, yeah. She gave him a big hug, and, and she says that that pond, those trout were his babies. Thank you for not arresting my dad. So <laughs> great decision-making, Brother John. Um, there's different ways to do your job, but uh, he, he did that one right. So we are now going to transition over to Chris Long, interviewing John Molinar. A 10-second plug. I love John Molinar. I don't know that I've ever talked to a a politician who will stare you in the eye and listen to what you're saying and connect with you personally like John does. He has a gift, and it isn't gratuitous. It is in his heart to listen to his people. So with that, Jen, we're going to pass it over to Chris. All right, so we've taken the Big Rapids buzz on the road today. We're here at Antlers in Canadian Lakes with Representative John Molinar. How are you doing? Good. It's good to be with you tonight. So uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in Congress right now. And uh, one of the big things in everybody's mind up here is about the No Goshen Act. Could you explain a little bit about the No Goshen Act? Sure. Well, basically the premise is this. American taxpayer dollars should not be used to subsidize companies that are based in, in countries that are our adversaries. And so when it comes down to China, Russia, North Korea, Iran, we should not be using taxpayer dollars to support businesses that are headquartered there because there are adversaries. And in the case of Goshen, its parent company is headquartered in China, uh, has an affiliation with the Chinese Communist Party, has partnered with the People's Liberation Army on different projects. In fact, in our defense structure, we don't even allow uh, batteries to be used by manufacturers like Goshen. And it's something that, as a taxpayer, you want to be supporting American ingenuity, American innovation, and uh, make sure we don't uh, support our adversaries because, in many cases, they have ill intent towards us. And, and the Chinese Communist Party has, has certainly become more aggressive in their international ambitions. Yeah. 
What, what's going on with it currently? I know you guys wrote that a while back, and what's the current state of things with sure. that? Well, we've introduced the bill. We have many co-sponsors on different committees. So the committee that that goes to is the Ways and Means Committee because it's a tax policy bill. We also have uh, a lot of support from leaders on the Select Committee on China, which I serve on that committee. Yep. And, and that committee has really shined uh, a spotlight on our relationship with China. You know, for the last 30 years, we hoped that China would become more democratic. And if, as they traded more with the world, that they would become more like us. In fact, just the opposite has occurred. Under Xi Jinping's leadership, they've become more autocratic, uh, more ambitious in their global uh, military efforts as well yeah. as their economic efforts. And uh, it's just something we need to recalibrate that relationship. One of the things that some people have talked to me about is initially your stance on the Goshen was very different than you are now. Could you explain a little bit more of your switching sides, sure. I guess, if you want to call it that way? Well, number one is I tend to advocate for jobs mm -hmm. and investment in Michigan. Yep. Uh, I want Michigan to thrive economically. Uh, where I have concerns is that we don't want to increase our dependence on China. They are not a reliable ally by any stretch. In fact, in many respects, they're an adversary. And so when I've looked at this project, uh, right in the articles of incorporation for the uh, parent company Goshen High Tech, it talks about allegiance to the Chinese Communist Party. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the same Chinese Communist Party that is sending spy balloons over America, yep. uh, hacking into our um, information in the highest levels of government, setting up secret police stations that spy on anybody and uh, anybody who speaks out against them. They try and intimidate them. So when I consider that relationship, that created uh, major concerns on my part, and, and I don't want to increase our dependence. You no, know, that's, that's, I fully agree with that. Uh, what would you have to say to places like Ferris and the other community leaders in Macosta County that are for it? You know, we have most of our, our county commissioners, or all of them, are for Goshen. What do you have to say to them? You know, I would just say people of goodwill, people who have good intentions have been involved in wanting to see Macosta County grow. And I appreciate that. Um, I would just ask them to look at the changing nature of this relationship with China. Uh, Xi Jinping has basically said he will force a reunification with Taiwan whether it's by force or other means. And that it, would be detrimental to the silicon, I mean, the, the semiconductor industry that we're so reliant on. 90% of the highest end chips are manufactured in Taiwan. Yep. And uh, it would be devastating if they do that. Now, they are closely allied with Russia, mm -hmm. working with Iran, working with North Korea. And so when you consider who we want to partner with in Michigan and in the United States, the Chinese Communist Party is not a reliable uh, partner. And there are some who would say, well, there's a firewall, uh, you know, that somehow articles of incorporation between a, a U.S., um, you know, entity that has its parent company based in China. Just remember, this is the same Chinese Communist Party that is bribing military officials in our government. Uh, for information. This, there is no difference between the military and the private sector in China. Everything is subservient to the military. So uh, I would say people of, you know, wanting the best for Macosta County, just ask the question of whether we want to increase our dependence on China. Yeah. What would you have to say to the people that, that continuously keep saying, oh, well, Apple and Nike, they all have the similar language in their um, do dealings with China. What do you have to say? How is it different? Sure. Well, first of all, uh, you have to look at what these companies are doing now. Apple is actually looking to what they call de-risk, moving operations out of China. Um, when you consider that there's a difference between having sort of a market relationship uh, whether it's, you know, things at Walmart and other, I mean, our economies with China are intertwined. But when you consider this high-end technology, 
when you consider how close we are to Camp Grayling, a military base, when you consider that um, already Goshen High Tech has partnered with the Chinese, the People's Liberation Army on different projects, when you consider our Defense Department is already discerning that they don't want to have batteries manufactured by these Chinese uh, affiliated companies, um, to me that ought to send off some signals that says uh, maybe we ought to rethink this. Yeah. Do you have any? I w just do you have anybody in Congress who is uh, fighting you on this? Are they absolutely saying no? You can't do this. You know, my experience with this, on uh, with trying to encourage Democrats to support it, is one: their governors in blue states are very much supporting increasing dependence on China for these. That's crazy. So if you look at Pritzker in Illinois, which is another place where Goshen is yep. is wanting to manufacture. When you look at Governor Whitmer here in Michigan, it's all in with huge taxpayer dollar incentives to, to recruit these companies. And so what you have is Democratic members of Congress, A, they don't want to embarrass their governor by, you know, raising questions about this. And uh, I think many of them um, feel that it's being overstated. So, for instance... The Chinese part, the, they, the communist they would, they, part? They would say it's being over. They're still of the mindset of, you know, if we can just somehow work with China, they're going to become more like us. I don't think that's going to happen. It, and <laughs> Wouldn't it have already happened? It's kind of like the NBA. That is one of their biggest markets. So they don't really look at what's happening to the oppression of the Uyghur Muslims and other businesses who are willing to overlook the slave labor or the genocide. Um, it, what's going to happen, though, is as the realities continue to um, emerge of, you know, who China is partnering with, what they're doing around the world, I think people are going to awaken that this is a very different path that we had anticipated for China. Do you think it'll get passed? I believe we can pass it in the House. Uh, that is my goal. The Senate is a different animal. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. <laughs> but I'm hoping we can get it passed. One of the things that you know we're doing, we're trying to build a coalition that says we need to pass this. It needs to send a clear message that taxpayer dollars shouldn't be used for this purpose. Now, one of the concerns I have, President Biden just vetoed a bill on his desk that would basically say we won't use... Um, you know, Chinese manufactured uh, EV chargers um, and it basically is saying I want to ignore the made in America requirement that was originally in the bill. So Why would he, he do that? Uh, I think what drives this is the Biden administration has put out a goal of by 2032 having two-thirds of the vehicles sold in America be electric vehicles and this oppressive government mandate, which doesn't allow customers' choice, is driving all of these decisions that are playing, forcing us to play on China's home field for raw materials, for technologies, for supply chain, and that's what's driving all of this. It's very interesting because Ford was just earlier this week, I think, or last week, that Ford cut back on production of the Lightning. So I, I don't see where everyone's in this whole EV kick that oh, we're all going to be driving EVs. I can't afford it, and I don't know anybody that can. Anybody in Macosta County yeah, especially. Sure. I mean, Chuck Thalen himself doesn't even drive an EV. Well, this, this drive, this government mandate, it's all predicated on government dollars subsidizing preferred technologies. And uh, unfortunately for them, the customers aren't willing to pay that kind of a premium. People who want to buy an EV should be able to buy an EV, right. but it shouldn't be forced down their throat. When in history has ever a government regulation on innovation and forced product buying ever caused additional innovation or done anything good in that nature? I don't think it has. What, what this is forcing our automotive companies to do is to license back technology that was developed in the United States... And now China is selling that back to us because they're under the gun for this from this uh, two-thirds mandate by 2032. And that's just wrong. We ought to let America, American ingenuity, America innovation, 
give them a runway to develop and allow the market to decide what kind of cars people want to buy. Yeah. So a little tangent now uh, on to the next act that you have is the migrant pay. Could you explain that? Because I just heard about this sure. the day. Well, you know, you think about in Michigan, we have such a uh, rich heritage of growing our fruits, our vegetables. And, you know, in many cases, those jobs were uh, done by Michiganders. You know, sometimes it was high school students, college students. Uh, what we're finding in agriculture now is many of those jobs, people aren't seeking. Uh, mm-hmm. People who live in Michigan aren't seeking those jobs. So there's a heavy reliance and a migrant yep. workforce. And these are workers that work here seasonally and they work in other parts of the country during other seasons. It's a very, um, it's a visa process called the H-2A visa. Now, again, a government, federal government mandate by the Department of Labor is driving up the wages for these uh, migrant workers to over $18 an hour, a federal mandate. And many cases, uh, these businesses are already providing housing. Can you say that again just for everybody to hear again? How much are they? This is over $18 an hour, $18.50 an hour. And again, this is a government mandate. This is not a market-driven thing. And so what's happening is you have third, fourth generation young farmers that are talking about moving into their family business, taking over more responsibility and ultimately ownership to continue growing our fruits and vegetables. And they're being, you know, the costs are driving them out of business. And so I'm hearing over and over again, uh, people who say, well, maybe I'll try it one more year, but there's no way we can have our prices increase yeah. to the level of these mandated government wage increases. It's going to affect the consumers right at the at the store. I mean, milk is how much now? And, and how much is the uh, vegetables? That's, that's it's right. outrageous. And that's only going to cause it to go up more. It really is. And so... This bill basically says, let's freeze the wage as of last December, which is already high, Yeah, 1850. That's, 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 that's so much that's higher than minimum that, wage. I is. mean, why, are, why should migrants be illegal? Because well, nobody's these taking... Legal. These are legal. These okay. are legal. Okay. And, and they're hard workers, and, they, and we need the workforce. But the question is, to what degree should the Department of Labor be driving up these costs for farmers and putting them at risk of going out of business. Yeah. And um, and it's just continuing over and over. Michigan is the, the fourth highest wage. There are some states that are even higher. And what we're saying is let's put a pause, let's freeze this, and don't do increases these next couple years because we've got to make sure these farms can actually make it. We don't want a bunch of farms going out of business because what will happen is they'll have a choice. They can go out of business and, and will be forced to import our food, or they can automate, use automation, which is a huge capital investment, but then keeps those jobs yeah. out of Michigan. What does the timeline look like for this bill? Or, well, know, this we act? just introduced the bill. I've got good, strong support for it. Um, we're just going to keep advocating for it. You know, Congress right now is focused on a lot of the spending issues and trying to we're hoping to reduce uh, government spending by 1% in the House. The, the Senate wants to increase government spending, so we're in this negotiation process. So there's a lot happening right now, but this bill was just introduced, and we're going to keep moving it forward. I know you've uh, told us that you're now in your re-election phase. You're, you oversee 20 counties for Michigan. A lot of them are farms, a lot of farmland. I know that they want you to keep fighting for them. So we, we want to say thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. So thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you. Well, wonderful to be here. Life can be unpredictable. Disasters can strike when we least expect them. But don't worry, help is just a phone call away. Introducing 911 Restoration, your trusted experts in restoration services. They understand the importance of customer service during challenging times. 911 Restoration will put your worries at ease. From Everett to Grand Rapids, they're there for you. Call Joe, my friend, a local Big Rapids and Army veteran at 231-287-6076 to experience their customer-friendly service today. That's right, 231-287-6076. 
While you might manage your carpet by vacuuming and steam cleaning or even hiring a professional, if your carpet used to stand tall but now appears matted, especially in high traffic areas, it's time to get Gilbert's. Gilbert's Carpets Plus Color Tile kicks off January 2024 with a special free pad offer with the purchase of any in-stock carpet. Have you seen their warehouse? It's packed with all kinds of carpets with different thickness and colors. You can walk around and touch any of them, even get advice from any of their local associates. Get started by stopping by Gilbert's Carpets Plus Color Tile on Northland Drive on the south end of town in Big Rapids. They're open 9 to 5.30 Monday through Friday and Saturday 9 till 1. Ask about their free pad offer going on till the end of January. Gilbert's Carpets Plus Color Tile Stop and shop with us for a And Fluffy's reaction to your grooming and bathing leaves you thinking maybe that job is best left to the professionals. Bring them to the Pet Boutique in Big Rapids at their new location next to Big Rapids Lumber and Hardware on South 3rd Avenue. With three expert groomers on staff, your wait time is far less. Plus, if you need to be away from home, the Pet Boutique also offers that sometimes hard to find daycare and boarding for your pets. Plus, they bathe, shave, and do nails on cats and large breed dogs. Deb is back, too, along with Katie and Lydia. Open Monday through Saturday, 8 to 5. Stay up to date on the Pet Boutique page on Facebook. Call for an appointment, 231-580-9387. The Pet Boutique in Big Rapids. Look around. You don't want your office or business just clean. You want it purely clean. And Lisa and her team at Purely Clean Services is ready to help. Anything from a general sweep, vacuum dusting, to deep cleaning, including scrubbing hardwood floors and shampooing carpets, bathrooms, lunch spaces, wherever you want your space to be purely clean. Lisa loves to say she has a small business with a big impact, doing all the fun things that come with cleaning. Yeah, her word's not mine, but that's why you should let her bring her positive attitude to your business while she makes it purely clean. Call Lisa at 231-660-6775 for locally owned and operated purely clean services you are listening to wbzx big rapids b1039 this is the big back rapids buzz my name is Bruce Borkovich. Great interview, Chris, with John. I'll tell you what's interesting about John. We talked about his ability to listen. My understanding from a good source is when Goshen was first proposed that in typical conservative fashion, hey, this is business coming into a community. This provides people jobs and likelihoods, keeps them off uh, uh, public assistance. Great thing. So he was initially a supporter. And one of the things, I had a bunch of things above my desk when I was the chief at Ferris, sayings that helped keep me straight all day long. And one of them was, the secret to perpetual ignorance is to be satisfied with your opinions and content with your knowledge. And with that in mind, John started digging into this, listened to Pete Hoekstra and his warnings about dealing uh, with the Chinese government and the potential hazards. And John became educated. He increased his knowledge, changed his opinion, and now has been a soldier for us against it. What more can you ask for from an elected official? He listened to facts. He listened to his constituent. And uh, he's a neat guy. I'm a big supporter. So, um, okay, we're almost done. Uh, Community Buzz. Um, if you're interested in joining the Rotary Club of Big Rapids, you can find them on Facebook at Rotary Club of Big Rapids or stop by the lower level of Artworks Building on Tuesdays at noon. The first two lunches are on them. The Misiola Curry Comfort Home is looking for donations for their home. Check out their website, MisiolaCurryComfortHome.com. For questions, call 231-287-2208. Also, get registered for the Euchre Tournament on February 3rd. Registration deadline is February 1st. Again, 
online at MisiolaCurryComfortHome.com. The Animal Rescue Coalition is a nonprofit, no-kill shelter. They always need donations of food and toys. They are Macosta County's only shelter. They also rehabilitate abused and neglected pets. So remember to adopt, don't shop. And any pet is a lifetime commitment, so take it seriously. Each animal they have all need a forever family. We would like to thank our sponsors this week. The Pet Boutique, Paris Creek Jewelry, Purely Clean Services, Barrington Firearms Training Center, 911 Restoration, Gilbert's Carpet Plus Color Tile, Betton Baker of Big Rapids, Sue Bean at Big Rapids Realty, along with other supportive people and businesses from the community. We thank each and every one of you for getting behind our show. If you would like to sponsor the show, it's called the Big Rapids Buzz. Call your best friend, Jen, here at B1039 at 231-796-1103, and she'll get you started. As you can see, we show a lot of love to our sponsors. Listen again next Monday at 8.30 a.m. for the Big Rapids Buzz with me, Bruce Borkovich, and Chris Long on the Big Rapids Buzz. Listen again next Monday at 8.30 a.m. for Big Rapids Buzz with Bruce Borkovich and Chris Long. Brought to you by the Pet Boutique on South.